Welcome to God Mode, living life undefeated. Join us each week as Pastor Chris delivers a message to encourage, challenge, and empower you to live life in God Mode. All messages can be listened to at www.godmode.life. Let's join today's message. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to God Mode today. You know, we're in our third week in our series we've called So You're Dead, Now What? You know, so this man died and went to heaven. And St. Peter was there at the pearly gates waiting for him. And St. Peter said, welcome to heaven. Before you go in and talk to the big guy, I'm curious, what's like one of the best acts of kindness that you did in your entire life? And this guy, just excited to be in heaven, said, well, St. Peter, believe it or not, one time I was just minding my own business and there was this little old lady who was about to be attacked by this huge gang full of hell's angels. They were some of the biggest and meanest looking guys I had ever seen in my life. And they were about to attack this little old lady and steal her purse. And suddenly this sense of bravery came upon me and I stepped in front and I said, you will not touch her. And St. Peter looked on and said, you're not a big guy. I mean, did, did you really do that? And he goes, yes, sir, I did. And St. Peter said, well, when exactly did that happen? And the guy said, well, I'm guessing two, maybe three minutes ago or so is when it all went down. <laughs> I mean, today we're going to talk about the subject of heaven. And truthfully, most people really don't have any clue about heaven will really be like. In fact, if you would just ask people, what do you believe about heaven? A lot of people would say that their beliefs about heaven were formed really from hearing corny jokes like the one I just told you. Or some people would say, well, I believe something about heaven because what I've seen in different movies or, you know, I grew up when I did. And you might think that God looks like George Burns. Or if you're growing up in today's world, you might say, no, no, no. God looks more like Morgan Freeman or whatever the case would be. But the sad reality is most people and that would include maybe perhaps many of us don't really understand what heaven is like. In fact, a lot of people, I think, when they think of heaven, they see this never-ending eternal church service. You know what I'm saying? And they see themselves in these choir robes and we're all sitting around singing and it's kind of cool for a little while. But then a hundred years later, you're going like, when is this worship service ever going to end? I mean, some of you, if you visualize that, you may be thinking to yourself, we just sang four songs at church and that was more than enough for me. I mean, how in the world am I going to do this forever and ever in heaven? The reality is most people truly don't understand what heaven is going to be like. And the reason I believe that this is the case is because heaven is under attack. In fact, here's what scripture says. 1 Corinthians 2.9 tells us that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. None of us can even picture or fathom what heaven is actually going to be like. 
So as I talk about this message today, let me say right up front that I've already realized and I've worked really, really hard on this message. I mean, I put hours and hours and agonizing research and, and I tried one outline and another outline and put together all sorts of different verses. And I just had to recognize that no matter what I do, I'm going to fail at this because no eye has ever seen and no mind understands all the good things that God has stored up for us. I was thinking, you know, how can I put it into words? Some of you can think of a time when you just had one of those moments, that there was one of those moments where you just think, I wish this would last forever. And you thought, life doesn't get any better than this. How many of you have ever had a moment like that? I mean, you can think back to one of those times. But the truth of the matter is, for those of you who are believers in Jesus, not only does it get better, but in heaven, it is infinitely indescribably better than you could ever imagine. The reason, though, that so many of us can't even get our minds around it, as I said a few minutes ago, is because heaven is under attack. Isaiah 14 tells about Lucifer, who is known as the prince of darkness, Satan, the father of lies. And he was a guy who was actually was in heaven, a very important player in heaven. And the story tells us that when he wanted to be like God, God says, you can't have that position. And God cast him out. And a third of his angels followed him out and they became what we call the demons today. And so I believe since that time, Satan, the father of lies, has been lying to us, especially about eternity. You know, last week we talked about the reality that Satan is probably trying to convince us that hell doesn't exist, or at least that it's not that bad, because if he can, then we'll never have no fear of God whatsoever. And secondly, we'll have no real sense of urgency to tell people who are far from God about the love of Christ. I would also argue that our spiritual enemy is attacking heaven. And I'll give you two lies I believe that Satan wants us to believe about God's heaven. The first one, if you are taking notes, is this. He wants us to believe that heaven can wait. It may be a good place to go, but we shouldn't be in any sense of urgency to get there. Because the reality is, for a lot of us, we're pretty happy with the way things are on earth. And if we're really, really honest, many of us would have to admit the incredible hard truth is that, that our treasure is more on earth than it is in heaven. That our hearts drift more toward the things of the world than they do toward the things of the world to come. In fact, one preacher was talking to his church and he just said to everybody there, he said, how many of you guys want to have go to heaven today? And most people raised their hand except one guy. He thought that's strange. And so he said, well, those of you who want to go to heaven today, would you just stand right up where you are? And everybody stood up except for this one guy. And the preacher was so bothered by this. Afterwards, he went up to the one guy and said, sir, do you not want to go to heaven when you die? And the guy goes, well, absolutely. I want to go to heaven when I go to heaven when I die. But I thought you were getting us to go to the group to get up and go right now. You see, a lot of us, yeah, we may not want to go there. We may want to go there one day, but our hearts doesn't drift toward heaven today. 
If we're really honest, we think that our life here is so great, how could heaven be any better? In fact, I want to share with you in Psalms 84.10, and let this verse just sink in. The scripture says that is, better is one day in your courts, O Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day, one moment in God, with God in heaven than your best days anywhere else. In fact, I would argue that your most dull, meaningless moment in heaven far exceeds your greatest moment you've ever had on earth. Better is one moment with him than thousands of years elsewhere. In fact, if you've ever had one of those moments and you said, I wish this moment would last forever, let me promise you, on earth it will not. Boom. That moment just passes away because we all know it's a temporary pleasure. But here's what scripture says, Psalm 1611, you will find joy. I mean, you will fill yourself with joy in your presence, eternal pleasures at your right hand. Today, all we know is temporary pleasures. But with God, you will know eternal pleasures that will never pass away. The first lie is heaven can wait. The second one, if you're taking notes, is this. And this is so important. The lie that is most people are going to heaven. I mean, that's the second lie, is that most people are going to heaven. In fact, if you interviewed people today, most of them would say, well, absolutely. I think I'm hopefully going to heaven. In fact, I found a study that showed very clearly that for every one person in our country that believes he or she is going to hell... For everyone who believes that they're going to hell, there are 120 who believe that they're going to heaven. 120 compared to one. What does that tell us? That many, many people are greatly deceived. Look what Jesus says. Listen to his words in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. He said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And how many people are on it? He said a bunch are on it. And he says this, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And how many you find on it? He says only a few will find it. So broad is the road that leads to destruction and many are on it, but narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. You see a lot of people, they think that heaven is our default destination, but it's not. Because of sin, hell, that's the place we studied last week, is really our default destination. Until we realize and accept the grace and the beauty and the love of God's sinless Son, Jesus Christ. Let's do this. In the rest of our time that in our talk, what I want to try to do is try to get a glimpse of heaven. And admittedly, this is tough because it's so rich and so challenging. But we're going to look at Revelations 21 verses 1 through 4. And let these verses speak to us. This is John who was exiled in the Isle of Patmos, and he had a vision of heaven from God, and here was his vision. He said, then I saw a new heaven, and what also? A new earth. For first the heaven and the first the earth, they passed away, and there was no longer any sea which was really bad if you owned a boat. Okay, okay, not really. In fact, when the new heaven and the new earth, we will have water. But when he said there was no sea, that was a very real picture. In their time, sea represented 
turmoil. It represented chaos. It's where all the storms would brew. And he was saying, all that, those hard times, they're going to be gone. And then in verse 2, he says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. And from God prepared a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Verse 3 said, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, and you've got to pause right there. He said, I heard a loud voice from the throne. This was the 20th time this phrase was used in Revelation. And it was the final time in this phrase, a loud voice from heaven was used. And the very next words you're going to find are most likely the most words to the heart of God. The 20th and final time scripture says, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying this, and here's the big announcement. Now dwelling of God is, what is it? The dwelling of God is with men and God will live with them. Now check this out. They, us, will be his people and God himself will be where? God himself will be with them, be, be with us, and we will be his God, and they will, he will be their God. And what is he going to do? He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more what? There will be no more death and no more mourning, no more crying, or no more pain. Why? Because the older order of things has passed away, and a glimpse into the eternal heaven. Now, what can we understand? What kind of heaven, con heavenly conclusions can we draw from these four verses? I want to show you three heavenly conclusions. The first one, and this may be new to you, but I believe this is biblically accurate. There are different opinions on this, but most conservative scholars would agree that this is true. Number one, and that is this, God will establish a new heaven and a new earth. Following the return of Jesus, following the 1,000-year reign, God will establish a new heaven and a new earth. Very clearly, verse 1 says, Scripture says, Then I saw what? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. What does this mean? The very same God who offers you new life in Christ, the very same God who gives you a new, resurrected, glorified body, will also bring a new heaven and a new earth. If you remember last week in Luke 16, we studied that the dead without Christ, remember the rich guy, he went to a place called Hades. It was a place of torment. It was actually translated in some versions as hell. We know, though, that eventually Scripture says that death and Hades will be thrown into the eternal fire. So there's a place of torment, Hades, that exists now. But one day, there will be a final separation from God in the lake of fire. We also know this, and that to be absent from the body, Paul said, is to be present with the Lord. Jesus said that to the criminal who, on the cross who repented. Today you will be with me where? He said you will be with me in the place of paradise that many people believe is heaven as we know it a beautiful place where people dwell in the presence of God. But one day, God will create a new heaven and a new earth. Some other verses. Let's look at Old Testament and the new. Old Testament says in Isaiah 65, 17, Behold, he said, I will create new heavens 
and a new earth. I mean, that's very plain, right? In the New Testament, 2 Peter 3.13, Scripture says this, but keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to, to what? We're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, and it will be the home of righteousness. Going along this line of thinking, we, we, and we can't be sure, but there is a new heaven and there is a new earth. And if believers one day will inherit the earth, and if we are called to rule and reign with God on the earth, the chances are pretty good. Most of what you enjoy on earth now, chances are pretty good you will be able to enjoy most of those things in the new heaven and the new earth. Only there will be no sin and there will be no pain. If you enjoy playing golf, chances are, and I can't prove it, but you'll probably get to play golf on the most beautiful courses that there have ever been. Only the green fees are going to be much, much cheaper. Praise God, right? I might actually play if it wasn't so expensive. But if you enjoy gardening, imagine gardening in a place like the Garden of Eden, a place with no curse. I mean, it's so hard to describe. So when I look at the world, it looks beautiful to me. But one day, one day I will see it, it really as it is, and it will be the new heaven and the new earth, and I will have new eyes and I will see it. So when I try to describe what this new place will look like, I'm going to fail because I have never been there. And if you think oh, this world is good, here's what you need to understand. All you know is this world is under the curse. When it's redeemed and when it's restored, then if someone talks to you about a million years of happiness and joy and harmony and peace and security and intimacy, fellowship and worship, then when the curse and the brokenness of sin have been removed, you will know what it's like to dwell with the glory of God. Then you will see the colors as they really are when God restores the earth, creates a new heaven and a new earth where we dwell with him in glory forever. The first conclusion we can draw from this is that God will create a new heaven and a new earth. The second thing that we can learn is very powerful, and that is God will do away with death, mourning, and pain. I mean, look at it again because it's such good news. I mean, Revelation 21 verses 4 and 5, Scripture says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, and no more pain. For the order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne, I am making everything new. Imagine this. I want you to think about what is it that bothers you? What is it that hurts? Some of you, you've got some headaches, no more. Some of you, backaches, no more. Some of you, arthritis, no more, never again. Some of you have sickness, it will pass away. Many of you right now, you're worried, you're tense, you've got stress about your job, finances and the economy, gas prices, braces for your kids, fights in your marriage. No more. It's all passed away. Think about this. Have you ever lost someone that you love and you know the pain that goes with that? Or you've worried about losing someone? No more death ever again. For those of you who hurt and you've been burned by somebody and you find it difficult to trust, no more sin in relationships. You will know and you will be known and you will share your heart and you will be loved intimately. Think about the world, the new heaven and new earth. No more poverty. 
No more kids, babies dying because they lack nourishment. No more disease. No more, no more death. No more genocide. No more AIDS. Imagine a world with all of this gone. And think about this. Think about it. Any tear that you shed for whatever reason, God himself will comfort you and he will personally wipe away those tears. What will heaven be like? There will be no more death, and there will be no more mourning, and there will be no more pain. The first thing that we can conclude from these verses is, number one, what? God will create a new heaven and a new earth. Second is that God will do away with death, mourning, and pain. And number three is this, and this is the most profound of all of our conclusions. And this is that the earth shattering when you recognize just how powerful it is. Number three. We understand God himself will dwell with us. The creator of the universe will live with us. And this is the most shocking statement to anyone who understands the transcendence of God. In fact, when you look at just what scripture says, I mean, no one can look upon God and live. I mean, you can't handle his glory and his goodness. When Moses said, I just want to see, give me a peek, God. I just want, I just want to see you. Well, God said, you, you can't, you can't handle it. I'll tell you what, you bury your face in the side of a mountain and I'll do this. I'll, I'll put my hand over you and I'll fly by. And when I go by, I'll let you just see the very end tail of my glory. Because any more than that, you couldn't handle it. You will get to dwell with that God. In fact, the Old Testament, the high priest was only allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies, the dwelling place of God, only one time a year. And tradition tells us that when he went in there, they'd actually tie a rope around his body just in case when he was in the presence of God, if he dropped dead, they'd just pull his body out with a rope because they knew even the high priest not may be able to survive in the presence of God. And yet, here is what Scripture says. You will dwell with Him. I mean, that is absolutely heaven at its best. Look at Revelations 21.3. Look at the Scriptures again. Now, the dwelling of God. Where is it? Help me out. The dwelling of God, it is written, is with men. And He will live with them. They're going to be what? I mean, we're going to be His people and God Himself. He's going to be with us and live with us forever. I mean, do you understand that that verse fulfills the greatest dreams of God? Finally, he has his unbroken fellowship with us. Those of you who, that may have kids or grandkids and you have had them maybe together maybe once or twice and you just think life hasn't been best meaning at the, that moment for you. I mean, when you have that moment together because you're all together, that's God's dream for you. Here's what scripture says. No longer will there be any curse. The curse is gone. It's broken. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. And what are they going to do? What are we going to do? Scripture says we will see His face. And in that moment, when you truly see Him, that your life will be truly altered. When you see His goodness, when you see His glory, when you see His mercy, when you see His grace, at that moment, all of his attributes are going to come real for you. 
And all of a sudden, you're going to look at him and you're going to say, you are my rock, my salvation, my redeemer, my righteousness, my provider, my comforter. You are my everything, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha. You are the fire of God. You are my salvation, sanctification. You, God, are everything I ever thought I wanted. No, you are what I want. At that moment, you're going to start to worship because you can't do anything else. You're going to worship and you're going to worship and you're going to worship and worship again until you've worshiped a really long time. The words of amazing grace will really take on a new meaning to you. What are those words? The song says, and when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. When you see him, when you see him, you know, so heaven's under attack and your spiritual enemy wants you to think heaven can wait, live for earth today, live for the things, let it, let it be all about you. Don't you dare, don't you dare buy into an eternal plan. You can actually store up riches in heaven that you can, but you can do it by great, by serving. I mean, it's just crazy. Let it be all about earth. And that's what we get in our mind. Yeah, heaven may be one day, but not now. Don't even let your mind go there now, because if you did, you might truly become like Christ. You might truly become great, and you might truly become a kingdom player. And you might truly leave a spiritual legacy that would change generations. If you ever really focused on what life was all about, No, 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 Satan says, heaven can wait. But the second thing he wants you to believe is, yeah, 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 everybody, everybody's going to heaven. It's the default destination. That way you never really have to examine yourself and ask, am I truly a disciple of God's son, Jesus? No, then you can float through life like so many do, completely deceived. I'm a pretty good person. Yeah, I go to church every now and then, and I've done some good things. Therefore, I must be going to heaven. Because Jesus said this, narrow is the gate that leads to life, and only a few will find it. But broad is the road that leads to destruction, and so many are on it. So for those of you without Christ, may the Holy Spirit of God burn an eternal message in you and draw you close to them. And those of you who are in Christ, may you live for the real rewards, the rewards of heaven, and understand the horror of hell, and recognize this, when when you do meet Christ, and he blesses you with a beautiful life on earth, the greatest moment that you could ever have, when you want to say, it doesn't get any better than this, understand it does. For the believer in Christ, it is indescribable and infinitely better than any dream you could ever imagine. And my prayer is that today you would live with a a thought of heaven. You would live our daily lives. If you and I lived our lives with the knowledge of hell and the knowledge of heaven as being true, that you and I would live a life so differently. If we lived with kingdom focus and heaven focus instead of being bound to the things of earth, I believe it would change us 
forever. And my hope and my prayer is that you would take these messages and you would place them in your spirit and you would live your life differently. And I pray that your heart would be for those who don't know Jesus. Your heart would be for those that could never experience the face-to-face with their, their salvation with Jesus. Your heart would cry for them. It would do everything in our abilities to reach them with the love of Jesus. And so today, I just pray that you would be blessed. I hope this message spoke to some of your hearts. And I believe that God really wants us to live a life that is focused on heaven because that's truly where he wants us to be. One day, one day the curse will be broken. And one day you and I will live in a manner which we can undescribably ever believe. God bless you. We'll see you next week. I hope every one of you get to know Christ deeper, and I hope every one of you get to know Christ in a better way. Wherever you are in Jesus in your journey with him, I hope this week that you go deeper. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's message. You can hear all of Pastor Chris's messages at www.godmode.life. Join us next week as we continue on in this series. Please leave a review of this podcast at podchaser.com. comes up on me and the spirit jumps up on it. And you know my God, he owns it. And you know he wants to show it because the spirit keeps on blowing. Healing and miracles are nothing in the flowing. I'm a God mode. I'm a God mode. I'm a God mode. Jesus Christ, check it. Check it. Do you know what?